I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time we are traveling, retro-rambling, all the way back to 1985 for the sequel we never knew we'd love so much, Rocky IV. Indeed, we're what, it's Rocky IV. Roman numerals for the faint-hearted. So yeah, uh, directed, uh, starring, and written by... Theme tune by... Um, <laughs> theme tune. By our, our favorite man, Sylvester Stallone. And is this, am I right in thinking that 2021 is the year where we did two Arnie's? We did, we did Arnie twice and we did Slides twice. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. So we've, uh, we did Cliffhanger earlier in the year, at the start of the year. Um, and we've thrown this in. I mean, this is obviously one of the biggest films of the 80s, the most 80s of 80s films. I mean, it's right up there with, with Top Gun and Dirty Dancing, maybe because it's of the, of the music, but. I'd say it's one of the most 80s, 80s films. Um, and I'm surprised. Shoulder pads. <laughs> Some amazing. MTV music. Amazing uh, fashions in this. But we'll get on to that. Um, but but yes. the, reason we're doing, the reason we're doing this is because it's Mr. Stallone himself has gone back into the editing room. He's even posted pictures or videos of him in the editing process on Instagram uh, because he's re-released it. A director's cut subtitled because Stallone loves changing titles and throwing in names. So it's... Yeah, now Rocky for uh, Rocky versus Drago director's cut. Okay, so that's why we are doing this, ladies and gentlemen. So the usual uh, retro ramble. Um, if you've listened before, you know what to expect. But if you haven't, here's George with a quick disclaimer for any of our first-time listeners. Yes, so retro ramble. We are uh, an independent film podcast. So Charlie and I are brothers, and this podcast is all about us going back and revisiting the films of our youth uh looking at what made them such uh, big hits at the time do they still hold up um have they been franchised sequelized remade rebooted spun off into a netflix series we're going into these films in detail so there will be spoilers from the very off it's important to note that and especially for uh, you know rocky 4 and the rocky franchise it's probably got a lot of fans out there this is a warning that this is a light-hearted look at uh, this film um, we will be celebrating it but we will also be looking at the bits that may not work maybe some inaccuracies some plot holes some uh, you know the amount of time spent in a montage but yes as I say it's it's a celebration it's a rev- it's a review we'll throw in some trivia uh, and probably some bad impressions but it comes from a place of love uh, this is a film for youth we loved it then and there's a lot of it still to love today but looking back as older and slightly mature men we have got a few things that we'd like to pick up on in a rather jovial manner so yeah no disrespect intended it's still a great film even though the critics didn't like it we still love it it's rocky four should we hit the trailer hit the trailer enjoy the show today 
the Soviet Union has officially entered professional boxing. This is not just an exhibition fight, but this is us against them. He would like to compete against anyone who is qualified. Drago is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. Whatever he hits, he'll be strong. He could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. I'll never forget you, Apollo. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. Has the fight date been set yet? December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Miss Balboa, when will you be going to Russia? I'm not going to Russia. I don't know what you're talking about. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. To baby, he's going to have to kill me. Why can't you change your thinking? Because I'm a fighter. You can't win! It's 1985. It's your your Sylvester Stallone. You're at the top of your game, much like uh, Rocky in the film, top of his game. Uh, was this was this film a good idea? How did we get this film? Um, oh, should we first cover? Sorry, I always jump the gun. We're going to cover off our first memories because this we discovered this at a very young age. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do first memories. Um, I don't really remember. I don't think this was in the usual uh, viewing selection from our, our good friends and neighbours, the Glendinnings and Feenies. They, I don't think they were huge fans. So I think we may have watched it once or twice, but it wasn't on repeat viewing. I I got into it more... It was later. I, for, for me, yeah, it was later. I got into it in my sort of late teens, uh, or I, I think even when I was at uni, I had a good friend, Ant, who uh, had, I think, th- had them all on video, um, and we even played around the time we were playing. There was a Rocky uh, game released on the GameCube, so we were playing that. So yes, there was a bit of a Rocky revival in the uh, the early noughties, and that was around the time Rocky Balboa came out. I think that came out two thousand six, maybe. Um, yeah, I want to say it's about that sort of time. No, I, I, yeah. I was a, a younger. Uh, yeah, I can remember watching just one of my mates, David Macklem, that we. Were, I think we must have been early teens, sort of about twelve or thirteen or thereabouts. I think it was very welcome. We loved it. I mean, we we loved the fights. And looking back on it now, it's like it's this really is just about fights. But there's a lot of preambling. There's a lot of padding. Um, but the fights were so good. The sound effects and everything, and just the size of of Dolph Lundgren. And I think by the time I watched this, and I'm sure you're going to talk about this, George, by the time I watched this, Dolph Lundgren was a much bigger star. We still had uh, Stallone knocking out the films. Uh, and everyone was like, yeah, this was, this was where it all came from was Rocky, but Lundgren was a, was a big deal. Yeah. Us, yeah. At this stage. Yeah. Well, we'll go on to chat about uh, Lundgren's sort of rise to fame off, off the back of this. But yeah, I think the, the important thing, and I think you and I have maybe even talked about this in previous podcasts is that, 
and I think it's probably the same for a lot a lot of people. This is probably the most beloved of of the Rocky franchise. It seems to be the most popular. It's a bit like um, Bond films. It may not be. There's certain films that may not be the best, but they are like, you know, Spy Who Loved Me, but they are the most popular. And I think this is the most crowd pleasing of the Rocky films. And it's the one that sort of has the uh, maybe the biggest stakes. It's it's the most ridiculous Rocky film. I think that's the most unbelievable. Yeah, the most unbelievable. Um, The most 80s. Definitely the most 80s. But I think the fact that it was. Uh, this was slammed by critics. They hated it. It still did, nailed it at the box office. Did really well, mainly because people wanted to go against the critics. You know, well, that's it. um, it's, it's the most popular Rocky film I think at the box office. I don't know in terms of how that sits against Creed and whether Creed is considered a separate thing. But yeah, it made three hundred million at the worldwide box office and was the highest-grossing sports film of all time up until two thousand and nine, apparently, which was. Um, overtaken by the film The Blind Side, which was uh, about American football with Sandra Bullock. But yeah, I think it, we have to sort of put our cards on the table. So between us, you haven't seen Rocky 2 and 3, right? I've not seen the really good ones from all accounts. I mean, obviously, I've, I've seen the they've seen the original, uh, which is uh, I think is different from the rest of the Rockies as Rambo Part One and Part Two are from each other. Um, well, that's yeah, why so I, was... I, that, I, I was intrigued in that. Why did he get his Oscar? The age he was at, how it was received. It was original. It was fresh. And so I think it's quite funny that those are my like, I've bookended. You know, it's like I've read, I've watched the first one, and then I've let's get silly. <laughs> you know, well, that's one. it. I I, I say. I revisited, uh, I went through a lot of them at uni and, but unbelievably, I don't know if I was, it wasn't around that night, but I still haven't seen uh, the original Rocky. I mean, I think I've seen bits of it, but I haven't seen it all the way through because it's almost like it's that, and again, we've talked about it before of that, maybe that notion when you're younger, oh, the sequel's better. It's more, ex- oh yeah, the first one's really boring. Don't don't bother with that. This one's got story and character development in. You don't want that. You want fighting. And mo- you, this one's got montages in, but I think that was it for for me. And you know, as you say, it's it's a very, even though I haven't seen the original Rocky, I can see that parallel between Rocky, the original Rocky, and Rocky Four to Rambo and Rambo First Blood Part Two. That they they are almost like completely different genres, even though it's a a sequel. So it's it's a bit of an odd one that I still haven't seen the original Rocky. And as a, at the time of recording, they are all on Amazon Prime at the moment. So I think I will go and revisit. So what is your excuse? Calls himself calls himself a professional. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I mean I just I think you and I have probably watched many times lots of bits and bobs from Rocky Three. Rocky Three was I think what what is the reason why we have Rocky Four because they turned it up. They'd gone from you know. Rocky, Rocky uh, fighting against Apollo to fighting him again. And then it was like they throwing in Mr. T. I think, am I right in thinking that Eye of the Tiger was Rocky Three? Yes, yes. So, so that, that, that's that's what the soundtrack and the stardom was taken into Rocky Four and, it, and it's just gone. And that's why we have Rocky Four. And maybe yes. maybe maybe more than one montage. We'll see. Apparently, a according to Stallone, that he only... And I think, you know, Stallone's probably sort of keeps changing the past, but he said he originally intended it for only to be a trilogy. I think he was probably lucky to get, you know, uh, the first one made anyway, because, you know, 
I'm sure we'll we'll come back and cover it at a later date. But you know, most famously, he he wrote he wrote the script for Rocky. I think in like a couple of weeks, he was a struggling actor. Um, but it was a shit hot script, and his condition for selling it was that he wanted to star in it. And, you know, he stuck to his guns. But yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a real success story. And he said he wouldn't know where to take the character after three films. But whilst he was doing press on Rocky Three, he admitted that a fourth film wasn't out of the question, uh, with him saying, the only way I would make it is if Rocky has to step outside himself and enter the international community. Right. So I think obviously the and the films were getting moving from sort of critical uh, success to box office success. So yeah, it kind of makes sense. Apparently, the inspiration for Rocky Four comes from uh, a very long time ago. Two boxers, so Joe Lewis, Joey <laughs> Lewis, yeah, Joe Lewis, and German heavyweight Max Schmeling uh, had these fights in the 1930s, so 1936, 1938. So Max Schmeling was a German heavyweight champion who also happened to be a German paratrooper. Just like Drago in the film, he hated being used as a poster boy for the Nazis. He was actually quite sort of anti-Nazi. And he said that, um, I think he when he was defeated by Joe Lewis in 1938, he was like, I'm actually quite glad because the, you know, the Nazis would have made you know made me an even bigger sort of poster boy and i would have been labeled a war criminal later in life so um yes yeah, so it was it was that was the the sort of the main inspiration for that but we'll also go on to what was the uh it was the you and i came across the the same uh quote as well from stallone where he's saying he was looking for was it he's trying to think of like a hairy beast to, for Rocky to fight, yeah, it was like, like that. You can, the villains had to get you know badder and badder or more interesting, more crowd pleasing, attracting a wider uh, berth. And they they found, I think Lundgren came to the forex. He was an international karate um, fighter, and he was getting karate man, karate man, getting started acting. Um, and so I was like, yeah, this isn't what I had in mind. I had like in mind like a real hairy beast. Of a monster, it's like what you mean, like Zangrief out of Street Fighter. It does sound pretty much, Zangief. yeah. Um, but there could be like sort of like a beast that Rocky would have to take on. Uh, Ooh, but in his have Rocky fighting a bear. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> come on, he's you're talking about the guy who ended the Cold War here, brother. Um, so yeah, uh, but I mean, Lundgren, Lundgren definitely. I mean, what a powerhouse! I'm not sure about his punching weight capability because i think i read in one of the reviews if that was true hitting he would have taken apollo's head off <laughs> like oh. literally like um hitting with that much power but hey it it, it it builds up it's good exposition oh let's talk about we always like our friend general exposition a lot of tv a lot of news a lot of reportage a lot, a lot uh, of stuff is connected by news reports isn't it yeah, it's like news story to headline to newspaper to Apollo watching the TV in the... I think it goes from like news story to newspaper to Apollo watching an interview on TV in the pool to then another newspaper to then a meeting. It's all going to take... It's like amazing. To a, to a press conference. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, I think he has a chat with Rocky about why are you going to do it? And then there's a press conference and then there's another news thing. So, yeah, I mean, come on. It was, it was the 80s, but... I know if you've got other production nuggets before we well, get into uh, the, the film itself, what it was like to watch this time, because I'm sure there must be some 
anecdotes about there's there's stories being floating around for a while about the about what um Dolph Lundgren was like on set in terms well, of yeah. pulling his punches. Well yeah let's let's talk about a little bit about uh how Dolph Lundgren yeah as I say got cast because he was pretty much an unknown at the time and as we touched on all the way back in our view to a kill episode he makes a blink and you miss it cameo um because at the time he was dating singer grace jones and so i think that's why he managed to get a part in a view to a kill so yeah at that time he was as you say he was a martial arts champion he was a uh, studying mit working weekends in uh, whilst working weekends in new york as a bouncer and going out with grace jones at the time so he was looking for that acting gig and there was an open casting call for uh, Rocky Four, but I'm not sure if he knew at the time. And then when he found out, uh, they actually turned him down for being too tall. They were like, because he's he's six five, and I think Stallone's five uh, ten. So yeah. yes, there is quite obviously you can see it on screen that he does tower over him. And so More yeah, initially, initially, initially he was he was turned down, but he was like when he saw it, it was like the opp- uh, the opportunity to be in a Rocky film. He he went for it, and through I think through a few other contacts, he posed, did some poses in in the boxing gear. And uh, months later, he got a call. <laughs> they were like, "We we 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 desperately need you. When can you when can you start?" Type thing. And as you were saying before, you know, uh, Stallone's original idea was this hairy sort of man beast thing. And uh, apparently, when he met Dolph Lundgren, he's like, "The concept it changed the whole concept." He's like, "I was I was seeing Drago as this man beast, almost animal like, unbeatable. Then this." supernatural uber viking walked in i said this is what people may look like in 500 years genetically perfect (laughs) engineered to be the athlete of the future doesn't he go on to describe him him quite in a lot of detail talking about he's got an amazing butt or something he's like saying those Um, biceps those shoulders maybe it's just the review i read but yeah i think he was just like um well that's what maybe maybe i dreamt it that's what i love about stallone he doesn't hold back he's very candid in in his interviews and saying there's a really good article uh with lundgren around the time that creed 2 came out which i i still haven't seen after watching Rocky Four, I'm keen to to watch Creed Two now. But there's love a really love Creed. I thought it was great. Creed is awesome, yeah. But yeah, there's a very candid interview with Lundgren in the Hollywood Reporter, and yeah, he talks about he ended up living with Stallone in training because because I say he was he was going out with Grace Jones, and Grace Jones kept like bringing the after party back to their apartment, and he was just like, I've got to get up at five in the morning to train with Stallone, and she was coming in at like four o'clock with everybody. Like, come on, everybody! Um, Pull up and, to my bumper, baby. Exactly, yeah. and he was like, uh, he goes, um, he goes, yeah. I ended up staying at Sloan's. Uh, Grace didn't appreciate that. I was a twenty-year-old Swedish kid who was stuck between Sylvester Stallone and Grace Jones. It's not that easy. Um, yes, yeah. Sly would basically fire me if I was in bad shape, and Grace was going to kill me or worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna um, tear you up. I've got, I've got another anecdote. We'll, we'll talk about um, Dolph Lundgren later on and his his falling out with Grace Jones. It's quite amusing. But also in casting, we have another Russian played by a, Stallone's girlfriend. Well, and then he, and then he would go on to marry Danish uh, Bridget Nielsen uh, of Red Sonja fame, and also in Cobra, Stallone's other feature. I think was a year later. 
Which will be coming up in our Retro Ramble revelations at some point. So Stallone married Bridget Nielsen in December 1985, uh, so not long after the the film's premiere, uh, and then they were divorced in July 1987. Right. Maybe it was about video video rights or something, but uh, she's a very pretty lady, very, and she is uh, not to be messed with if Red Sonja's anything to go by. I wonder who would win in a fight between her and Grace Jones. And, and is, that, I, is that the anecdote you've got? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, no, but uh, Arnie reveals, I think it's in his autobiography, that he had an affair with Bridget Nielsen. So I, that could tie into their, <laughs> their rivalry of, of Arnie going, I got first dibs. <laughs> I think let's get into the film. So as you haven't seen Rocky III, um, I'm going to basically... I think they do in this, they do a bit of a Superman 2. I think the first 10 minutes of this film are the last 10 minutes of... Oh, it's a bit of a yeah. recap of Rocky 3. No, it is. It is. Because I, I, we're, we're both... We are talking about the original version. We're not, we're not, we're not talking about the, the recent cut that's coming out. Yeah. And it is that. And I think that's what changes in the, in the new cut. It's Mr. T. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, and it's the whole team and you see them all there. And I, I think... And, and I just know... I think I've watched... It. What's really bad about me not seeing 3 is that I think I've watched about... 20 minutes of it on YouTube, just you know, the the montage with Tim training with Carl Weathers. And yes, as you say, you get this, the end of it, you know, leads into this. Why yeah. not? Superman, Superman 2 did it. Yeah, exactly. Well, Superman 2 did the whole film, whereas I think at least, yeah. This <laughs> it's just like, how long is it? It's like... It's, it's about 10 minutes long. Uh, the <laughs> start of Superman 2 is... It's amazing. Is previously in Superman 1. But with with no dialogue, just the dun, 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 dun. on repeat on a loop. Yeah. So opens with a montage, and then it, yeah, it just opens like very much suddenly into the picture, isn't it? So you have, and I think this the the Rocky series is it's it's very much his rags to riches, riches to rags, rags to riches. He seems to be yo-yoing with his finances throughout the series. I'm right in saying. I mean, I just I think I saw five at the cinema. Uh, or at least on yeah I think I did yeah. um, and in that he's like lost all of his money because somebody's done him out of cash and stuff like yeah. that so yeah he's poor again so he starts trading yeah. uh, uh- and and I think yeah, it's just, it's the same with like oh, in Rocky Balboa, he's now like he's running a restaurant and what you have you. But they do but, make a big thing. There is that sort of like eighties commercialism. Well, he's got all, he's got, got the, the car. What else has he got, Charlie? What has he what has he bought? Let's talk about the, the purchases. Let's let's talk about well, what what do you buy for the man who has everything? What do you buy for the most annoying brother-in-law in the world for his birthday? Uh, uh, well, what could only be described as an artificial intelligence that's self-aware. Um, sex yeah. robot. <laughs> sex robot. Yeah, and I think it's very sad to, to say that that's those all the scenes featuring um, the robot will be cut from the new version uh, by Mr. Stallone. Yes, apparently he's he's promised that. So um, how I've, dare you? It adds to the quirkiness. Uh, and ha- happy what, birthday, Paulie's. What's Paulie's art going to be in this film without that? I mean, does that basically say that Paulie's going to complain about not having room service when they turn up in Russia and that's it? Because I can't think of a scene where that he's in without the robot. I'm going to have to get this out of the way. Paulie is so effing annoying. He's such a... I mean, you know, hats off to... I think it's Burt Young that plays him. Um, he's so loathable and he's just such a scumbag and he's such a leecher, but he's playing the role he's been written you know he's just uh, what's you know what is this where's my car comic relief 
Oh, Ollie. It's, it's in the snow. Oh, he's he's hilarious. He's hilarious. But um, so I've got some some trivia about the robot, about Paulie's sex robot. Um, oh, wait. I didn't so, say sex robot. Did I you didn't, say sex I robot? Didn't, I didn't say sex robot. But he he okay. basically plays with the settings and it changes. Turns it into a lady. What else is he doing to it? So the robot uh, in real life is known as Psycho. Uh, Psycho, I think it's it's S I C O. So I'm not sure if that's uh, so which is better, Psycho. Psycho. Well, let's go for Seiko. Um, we wanted so, to call it Psycho, but we were worried people would get scared, so we've called it Sicko. Sicko instead. So, um, it, but apparently, it's, it's quite a, a, like a nice reason for Stallone. What originally wanted to put it in the film was so th- this robot was built to help uh, children with autism, and its founder Robert Dornick uh, had appeared on a talk show to discuss his work with children and Psycho Seiko, and Stallone reached out to him because Stallone. Uh, son Sergio has autism but the the robot I think had appeared in Days of Our Lives toured with James Brown um, and appeared in a Carly Simon music video and apparently according to the um, its founder um, you know you mentioned he's being uh, the robots being cut out of the the new the new cut the Rocky versus Drago cut and apparently uh, Robert Dornick says um, by removing the robot from the movie it saves them saves Stallone money in royalty fees because the robot is actually a member of the Screen Actors Guild <laughs> so my he, god so he receives checks all the time <laughs> Whenever it's on TV. Yeah. You got another check. Brilliant. That's, that's one rich robot. But it's so, about the exorbitant nature that the, that he's got all this money and uh, why would you throw it away, Rock? Why would you do it? This house. And I think that's it. This film is very much... It wants to have its cake and eat it. It is very much about commercialism. It is very much about the media, and I don't know if that's a reflection of Stallone feeling hounded by the media in real life, but it does feel like the media's really intrusive. Um, all, the, and all the interviews and um, even the way that the, all the, the cameras and you see poor uh, Drago getting scared by all the flashing lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is this is a soldier who's apparently seen wartime explosions and that, but he's scared by some flashing bulbs. I'm not sure mm. about that. But um, yeah, the press, evil, evil press, you know. Um, but I think the uh, the one thing that I, I, I realised watching this time around, and, you know, we, we've talked about our love of, of Carl Weathers in... Our, our good friend, the acting coach, Carl Weathers, in Predator. Um, you and I are, are desperate to get a hold of a copy of Action Jackson. That That's another one for, for the retro revelations. But he's brilliant in this. You know, he's he's a very... Articulate... I mean, he, He's, I don't know, you, you could... Defined. He's had three... He's what? He's had four... He's been in all, all of the films. He's, and it's a, this and is it's, his fourth film, so he knows the character and he's showing his acting chops. I think and, he shows up Stallone a little bit. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And I, I think, to be fair, you know, Stallone's the master of his own destiny in this. As you say, he's writing, he's directing, he's producing, um, he's acting in it. And he's playing the role of Rocky and there's sometimes I, was, I watched this with uh, my wife the other night and she's like can you hear what he's saying Sh- should we put the subtitles on because it is just like <laughs> and you're right um, you know Apollo Carl Weathers is he's got the better speeches you know talking about them being warriors and stuff like that and there is an insane 
reasoning to his log- logic, but he, it's a very passionate performance and he is giving it his all. There is that bravado, you know, at the, at the press conference, he's got that that scene you're talking about where he, he's trying to explain the reason to, to Adrian and Rocky as well, why he has to fight. But then you can see the panic in his eyes when he face, when he first meets Drago. He's like, oh, I've, I've made a terrible mistake. I don't think anybody forgets it's when they touch gloves. Um, it, that, that's, uh, I mean, we, we can't jump we can't jump over the godfather of soul. I love that. Did you notice that in the credits? No, was it? So in the, when the credits roll, I'm obviously jumping towards the end, but we're talking about, um, let's talk, we're talking about Apollo's entrance. Yeah, the, the living in America. Last, living in America with the, the amazing man, the amazing legend that is uh, James, James Brown. I want to say Sir James Brown, whatever we'd knight God, Godfather of soul. No, but that's the point I'm trying to make. When the credits roll at the end, it says the God. Everyone's got the name like uh, Rocky Balboa, played by Sylvester Stallone. It's like the Godfather of Soul, uh, James Brown. I just loved it. It's oh, just amazing. a little, uh, just a little. That was it. his character name was the Godfather of Soul, and um, I that think was probably that's, in his in his contract. Yeah, I think this 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 entire scene is amazing. It's amazing because. That is, it's like, I think at the time WWE was, WWF as it was called back then, was it was really starting to take off. And that was all glitz and glamour and panto and music and fireworks and, and dry ice. And this was where the America was in the 80s. It was, it was Pepsi, it was sponsorship, it was, um, and big, big money fights in Vegas. And then you've got Carl Weathers doing this dance and they've got James, they're throwing everything at it. And Okay, fair enough. I've only seen one and four, but it's so far away from the first one. It's jarring, you know, but it's great. What a scene. What an entrance. What oh, no, it's, and, it's, and it's the way it's, it's filmed. It's, it is very disorientating. It's from it's really quick, quickly cut. It's lots of camera angles. And you do feel a bit like Lundgren, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, as you say, it's it's one of those things that everyone remembers. It's um, brilliant. I, I think it's, it's brilliant. You feel like throughout this film, I noticed this time around, all the backing music that's going on, like there's a scene happening at Rocky's house or somewhere else, and there's just a tune playing on the radio. And it's like obviously a, a chart topper of the time, but it's like very much... And this feeds into what we'll talk about eventually when we get to talking about montages. But this is the MTV influence, you know. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, and absolutely. this is the this is the music video of the film, and I'm sure it was on repeat on MTV. James Brown doing it, and they was like, well, you know, there's probably he only had to do like about ten minutes probably because they just would have lifted the rest from the film for the MTV video. But this yeah. was the age we were in, very zeitgeisty. I mean, he went on tour with the robot. He knew what he was doing. Um, <laughs> but um, so yeah, apparently. In the fight between uh, Drago and, and Creed. Can I just, sorry, can I just say before we move on, the, the, the supporting band with James uh, Brown. Oh, you mean? Are sexual chocolate. R- they are the legit. R- I, I was going to say, I forgot that. I was just like, that's sexual chocolate. They are the legit, or, or sexual chocolate is them. They are the legit version of Randy Watson. They've Jackson got the, Heights they've got old. They've got the powder blue tuxedos, yeah, haven't they? That's it. And, and they've got the hair and everything. I was like, I'm sure maybe Eddie Murphy lifted it from that. It's like that's our look. Maybe that was the the, the, the look. style at the time. Style at the time. Sorry, let's talk about the fight. Um, so one of the, uh, that bit where the gloves. Yeah, where he just his hands don't move. Yeah, it's just like, uh, okay, oh. I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and, no, but then it goes like, it is a little bit r- r- unrealistic the way he's just like, no matter what, Stallion, do not quit the fight. You know, it's like, no matter what, 
no matter what it's like but yes apparently uh, it's, i mean it's, it's fairly well publicized and again i say stallone's been quite candid in uh, interviews i think it was with uh, ain't it cool he revealed that uh, Carl Weathers actually threatened to quit um, when they were rehearsing this fight because apparently Dolph Lundgren wasn't pulling his punches. He was uh, apparently at one point through Carl Weathers three foot <laughs> into the corner of the, the ring and uh, Carl Weathers stormed off. He's like, that's it. I quit. I'm calling my agent. I quit. And uh, Stallone had to get the two to sort of make things up. And um, and Lundgren says he, he um, uh, say in this recent interview, he didn't have any issue with Weathers. And he said Weathers might have been afraid of him because of his like black belt training. Um, but then at the same time, he doesn't dispute that um, <laughs> Weathers left the set at least once. Right. OK. So. So, yeah, it, it seemed like there's a bit of method acting going on there. Because apparently also I say um, Lundgren had been training and living with Stallone for like five months. But the, the first time he met Carl Weathers was literally the day before they were due to start filming. So... It was a little bit method acting in terms of they were kept apart. Do you see me more as the respected dramatic actor or more of the beloved comic actor? Whoa, 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 whoa. There's still plenty of meat on that bone. You take this home, throw it in a pot, add some broth, a potato. Baby, you got a stew going. Let's talk in a very... I mean, there's a lot of homoerotic undertones in this film. Never mind Rocky Three and the whole crop tops. That's what I put in my notes. Oh, Not amazing. Not crop tops in this film. There's definitely been a... There's been a... There's been something... I was like, I'm sorry, Sylvester, we can't afford crop tops in this one. But... Because it's Christmas time, Charlie. Uh, but Stallone has an amazing array of knitwear instead. I do like the knitwear and the chopping boots. And we can talk about running in the snow in those boots and stuff. And, and also, I'll, uh, can I just say how much I like Hugo Boss Tops. <laughs> yeah, there is a, like a, there's a Boss Top covered in blood and that. But no, yeah. it, let's talk about, in a very homoerotic way, the physiques. So obviously, Lundgren's young guy, uh, top of his game, you know, international karate man, uh, black belt. Yeah, you would not want to face somebody six foot four who's a black belt in karate in any circumstance. But Stallone, 39. Ripped. Oh my God. Carl yeah. Weathers, Carl Weathers ripped, they, but they look in amazing condition. And I start thinking about Predator. I mean, not just Carl Weathers' um, handshaking Predator. I think about the training and the one-upmanship that was going on that. And I wonder how much training was going on before this uh, film. Because oh, you, no, you said yeah. that, you know, obviously Lundgren's living with Stallone. What do you think they were doing? They weren't watching reruns of Rocky 2. You know, they were two and three. They were just in the gym. They just yeah. would have been, you know. Well, then, as you say, like, it is insane and and I think I, I said that to, to Lula when I was watching this. I was like, Stallone. I'm really aroused. Is, is, is in, <laughs> honey, I, I am really aroused right now. Can you leave me alone right now? Get the baby oil. Get, get, get the baby oil and the sex robot out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's insanely ripped. And if you think about it as well, this is, um, you know, this and First Blood Part 2 came out the same year. Yeah, and, you, and he's, he's he's shredded in that as well, isn't he? He's he's just Stallone in those two films. He has muscles. I don't know if they exist. You don't see them anymore. I think they were like a, a phenomenon that only exists on Sylvester Stallone. He's just like like his his core. It's his like, core goes yeah. out. His core goes out. It's like I, I can't explain it. I don't know all of the Latin names, the muscles, and people Your who do. Upper dosimus, <laughs> muscle maximus. But obviously Arnie was the whole deal. Arnie was like working on his legs and his calves and, and still looked a bit weird, I'm sure. Uh, you know, when he was totally ripped to the top where Stallone is just like... So I mean, defined. 
and obviously it's this believability of a boxer, but I'm not even sure a boxer would be that well built. You know, he's just it's it's and it's and it's the glistening as well. There's a lot. Well, let's let's talk about that because there's a bit where um, I think it's before. Before there's even before they've even turned up, I maybe it's the stage lights of the living in America, but both Drago and Apollo are sweating buckets before a fight, a thing is even a punch is even being thrown. But I think that's kind of part of Rocky. It's like we sweat, we glisten. It looks good. Picks yeah. up the light. Yeah, you don't. Sex, you don't want sexy. Yeah. So Sorry, I need to. I need to calm down. Just deep breaths. Deep breaths. So, so you've got the one, the saddest moments in in the Rocky franchise, the the, the death of Apollo, and as I say, wonder how that was taken on opening night because that is like a Darth Vader, a Darth Vader. No! It is a, uh, it's a, it's it's a big moment, and as you say, he's, he's been in a, all four. He's been in he, four films, he, and yeah. he's had a real arc, you know, from being well, villain sort of for one and a half films. In Rocky two, they have a rematch, and 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 Rocky wins. Rocky three, he becomes Rocky's trainer. trainer. Yeah. So yeah, they've got that. He has got that proper uh, character arc, and it is really shocking. And as I say, I think there's definitely a few stabs at the at the press because obviously when uh, Rocky's trying to get help, trying to get the doctors, there's as you say, there's all the cameras in his face, and all the press are blocking their way so nobody can actually get to Apollo. I mean, although he's he's clearly dead. <laughs> yeah, well, it's surprised that his head is still attached to his neck, but um, I, it's such a big loss. It's still hits me now it's because obviously it's built up that way you know and he's got these opening scenes and and i just i'd love to i just love to be a fly in the wall at the readings like him just turning around and said i i really say stallion that many times (laughs) it's like a punctuation but i love the way he says it though it's said with so much love and respect it's like come on you know they're like brothers you know it's like um there's so much affection there. and so yeah when he goes it's like it floors you every time it's uh i guess this these films are generally fight at the beginning fight at the end you know they are with with a story in between those two fights and i think i'm not spoiling it for anyone but those stories have been some have been better than others and in this one we have a story which is kind of mainly made up of montages. Am I right? Speaking of montages, so obviously he has, um, when Apollo dies, he does what we'll do and he, he goes for a Just drive. Just gets into his Lambo and drives around, you and, know, and, listening and, to one of the best power ballads of all time. So my, so my running playlist. I think I've got the whole soundtrack on my running playlist, actually. Hearts on Fire, No Easy Way Out. But he keeps looking in his rear mirror. Who's, who's, who's following him? That his rock- past, George. His past. Is, oh, he's looking back. Oh, yeah, looking back in it. the mirror. Come on. What if? What if? Get the bloody metaphor. There was a, a ghost. A ghost of Apollo in the back seat. Just keep driving, stallion. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing. <laughs> Just in the hand, ghost, <laughs> ghost form. So yeah, it's been calculated. Apparently, Rocky Four is thirty-one point nine percent montage. Uh, nearly a third of the film during the second half of the film, or at least the last fifty minutes, it is approximately fifty percent montage. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that stuck out to me this time. That and the eighties MTV music being dropped in, but I love them. I mean, you, you can't get a bit. So like- as you say, it's it's ridiculous. It's self indulgent, but it's one of the the key things that people remember in this film is one is is the robot, two is obviously the death of Apollo, and three is 
it's the montages it's the music but because it's him training in russia and there's there's obviously there's the car him so you're speeding away in the car so you've but also then in russia i think there's two training mont- montages and then i think there's a um, am I getting right? Is there only three montages in this film? No, no you've, got, you, you've got the opening montage, which yeah. is the, the recap of Rocky Three, and then you have the No Easy Way Out, Driving in the Rain. That's brilliantly parodied in um, Dark Place. Why can't I be yeah. like Douglas? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a one track lover. Also, a bit like, uh, is it Footloose where he just goes nuts and he has to go and dance in the forest? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's. Um, it's hot rod where he goes da- dance rage out. No, his... but that, no, but that's that's parodying the original, which I think it's Footloose or something. Oh, Footloose, yeah, right. he goes mental in a barn. I think he's yeah, just throwing himself like around. Lots of dried ice in the barn. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's the opening. There's the there's the reflecting his 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 guilt over Apollo's death. Then there's the training montage. Uh, I don't know. I think there is two training montages, or whether it's just like there's it probably a there's a break yes there's a break <laughs> there's a break in between a long montage there's a break a to give to give the band a break before they <laughs> they start playing again but you've got i think the break when adrian turns up That's what stand out for me is the fact that you've got this and you can see what let's give him some credit. You know what he was trying to do that. He's obviously changed his idea of this film after seeing the the condition of Lundgren. It's like, okay, he's like a man from the future. You know, he's like being designed in a lab and he's got all of the technology. He's got all of the stuff. The latest, the best that technology can buy. I, and- we need more flashing and blinking lights. But it is funny that for every single really expensive, for every single really expensive training device that Lundgren's using, Rocky has just, however, managed to come up with the exact equivalent exercise. But that's impressive. Or everything he does, it's like, I think that's why I go back to my original point is that these films, they have a lot of bedding and it's like, we are really, this is what we're there for. It's like, you can't critique this film and people say, Rocky Four is the guilty pleasure of this franchise. But it is because you're built up with the sensible stuff. And then this is kind of just like, okay, let's do another one. But you're there for the montage. You're there, you're there for him training and just like children getting better and better. You know, well, it's, that's uh, it. you know, it's it is in the in the song. Even Rocky had a montage. I think it is, you know, when you say the word montage, you think it, Rocky. You think Rocky. Like when I say flashback, you think Bloodsport. <laughs> it is probably closely associated with with Rocky, and yeah, this film's an hour and a half. It's yeah, know, it's very it's, economic. Um, it's very economic, you know, and you know, as as it's been, you know, worked out, <laughs> you know. Well, it's very it's very economic with if you discount the bedding, you know, that we're talking about. It could be more economic. It could be a could be half an hour special. Really. No, no, I think there is there's some bits that they skim over, like the whole bit when Rocky t- decides to fight Drago is very again. It's it's via like a newspaper cutting or something like that. It's like they could have put as much into that as they did when Apollo, because Apollo yeah. was, there's at least three scenes in the you know yeah there's the, the there's the builder. It's very much like yeah I'm gonna fight him. Apart from the the nighttime drive flashback drive, there's there's yeah there's not much reasoning to it. So yes, we've got the the big um, flying to Russia 
um, training in the snow. Do you know where that actually was filmed? It does kind of, doesn't look like they've gone I've, had that, I've, that I've, far. They've I've, got I'll KG, give you, used, KG I, used to be, guys. Um, I'll give you a clue. We've actually been there. Oh, well, I guess it's a ski resort in Canada or America. Mm, Wyoming. Jackson, Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole. Jackson oh, wow. Hole. Uh, <laughs> you lost all our gear, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jackson Hole. Yeah. What a, what a place. So, yes, it filmed in Grand Teton National Park in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So that's all the training stuff. But the fight itself was shot at the PNE Agrodome in Vancouver, British Columbia. So you were kind of right on both accounts because we've also been skiing in Canada. Well, well, what are you saying? You're saying this wasn't fought in, in Russia on Christmas Day? In Ru- well, okay. And I've got another uh, nugget for you. So you've got, obviously, it's a very different reception when he gets the, the fight in Russia. Very, very communist. Damn Ruskies. Even though they don't really refer to him as it, it's clearly supposed to be Gorbachev, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, they talk know, about the Politburo, don't they? They say yes. Uh, it's the same guy who played Gorbachev in the Naked Gun. <laughs> I was going to get the fuck out of here. I can't believe you said that because I thought that when I watched this, and I was just I wanted Frank Drebin to drop, jump out, and check his uh, birthmark. I knew it. I don't know what there's to say about the final fight apart from. Stallone gets absolutely pummeled. And as you're saying with the Creed fight, he should be dead, like, in yeah. the first round. Like, the, bang, amount, bang, of, bang. the, amount, of hits, the amount of hits he takes to his, to his head. And, okay, you can argue that Stallone addresses it in Rocky V because he's all about, you know, the after effects Ugh. and he's got brain damage and stuff. But he absolutely takes a pummeling. And it's, that his strategy is just, like, just keep taking it. Just keep taking it. But that's kind of like his other, from all the other films. It's about wearing them down and one of the films... Going in the distance. Yeah, it is. Going the, you know, you've got to have the eye of the tiger or something like that. Um, mm. Oh, come on. We've got to talk about that. Okay. Is it Foreigner? I want to say it's Foreigner. Eye of the tiger. Uh, no. Survivor. Survivor. So, uh, yeah, we're going to need another eye. That, can you do us a track that sounds like Eye of the Tiger, but isn't? Uh, it, it's a proper B-side, isn't it? Which one? The Hearts on Fire? Yeah. That, that must no, that's, be that's, that's not Survivor. It's, Don't it tell is. me that's not Survivor. That is a complete Eye of the Tiger ripoff. Editor's note. Charlie is talking about the song Burning Heart. George is talking about the song Hearts on Fire both of which feature in the final act of Rocky IV. Thank you. No, no, it's... Um, the drum beat. It's John anyway. something, yeah, I think. Yeah, but it's... it's um, oh, it's a great one, Hearts on Fire. It's a great one to run to. Yeah, or run from. Run from, um, <laughs> run from your problems. Looking in, Sorry, the back, well, in the rear mirror. We're talking about the final fight here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the crowd hate Rocky, don't they? And Russia hates America. Cold War is in full flow. Oh, that, um, oh, the, the, that Reaganist politi- politics are coming through. I'm getting very aroused, Charlie. And it's not it's not the first or the last time Stallone would align himself with geopolitical uh, yeah. agendas. But no, um, yeah, in terms of the their talk, let's bring this back to uh, one of the reasons we're doing this retro ramble is that the the director's cut that's coming out. Apparently, they've gone back and worked on the noises of the impact because it's really just it's a good it's such a whopping sound, and that's what you kind of remember is that 
I guess that's what it must feel like or sound like to a boxer. But it's 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 obviously much louder and different to what you hear ringside. Yeah. Well, no, that was, that was one thing when I was watching, Cinematic. It, watching it with, with my wife. Um, she was wincing at how, like how brutal it is like and i think it is it's the sound effects and the fact he is just getting continually punched in the face <laughs> yeah and he's only got like a bloody eye at the end but um no it's a good fight it's um i think lundgren's very impressive because he doesn't look like um well i think knowing that he's that you know black belt karate guy he looks like a boxer you know yeah. the way he's holding his hands. I mean, he'd have a ridiculous reach. That fight would never normally happen because you wouldn't probably have a boxer of that high versus somebody like Rocky. But um, in terms of being in the same class of heavyweight, um, well, well uh, Adolf gets most of his uh, his dialogue in the, in that in the final scenes. Apparently, forty six words. Yes, <laughs> that's it. It's it's, it's like uh, it's basically like the Terminator, and I think there is there is a bit of a parallel there, isn't it? Definitely. Like, the, the fact he's like all the blinking and flashing beep, lights. Beep, 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 beep. He's, he is like, as you say, he's from the future. He's he's almost German. Um, you know, I, yeah, I don't know if yeah. there is a dig at, at uh, Schwarzenegger there. I don't know, or if it's a subconscious dig. But let's yeah let's uh, let's talk about um, Lundgren because yeah this this was essentially you know his his first proper film i say he'd had a, a blink you miss it you know walk on part in view t- view to kill a view <laughs> to a kill um grace jones boyfriend um, um so apparently lundgren's uh, newfound stardom off the back of this put a, a strain on his relationship with grace jones and grace jones wrote in her autobiography um that the beginning of the end of their relationship was when she showed up to his host a los angeles hotel room with a gun telling his manager she needed to see him <laughs> the, the i just want to talk to him i just want to talk to him <laughs> I, i'm not crazy <laughs> why is why didn't i got the gun i'm not crazy <laughs> um so yes um obviously him and, and grace did uh part ways but so yeah following this uh obviously lundgren would go on to leading roles in masters of the universe 1987 again a future retro ramble for sure he also did one of the first attempts at a marvel film marvel's uh the punisher which was 1989 who's the bad guy in that i have no idea it's i've i remember watching it years ago that might be one to to revisit at some point no it's a great film it's 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 a great film and and it's obviously not as it's not as terribly good as the one with um john travolta as a bad guy we are blessed so it's it's not there but no but the the one Dolph Lundgren's Punisher is great for and then movie it's a great B movie which he would go on which I think you're probably going to say he would go on to make a lot of very good B very solid B movies no no, but that's it like I think what was the ones that Red Scorpion he did that and then he was what's uh, the one where he's scared of milk <laughs> blackjack john woo's blackjack where yes he's an assassin with a phobia of the color white the, and it happens to be a shootout in a milk factory what is the, the showdown it's the showdown is in a milk factory and he's just he's just on his knees surrounded by milk screaming ah um 
Yeah. Come on, my babe. Hey, my babe. What are you doing? So uh, he was also in with Brandon Lee. I, I don't think you and I, again, this is on the Revelations uh, list, Showdown in Little Tokyo with Brandon Lee. No, I think against uh, the bad guy is Kari Hiro Fugu uh, Tagawa. Oh, of course. I mean, we, we have to watch that. And then obviously Universal Soldier, which we have. Uh, was covered. the big break. Yeah. yeah. Know, he, but he'd done all, that's what I'm saying. I think he'd been making his mark. He'd been in this, he'd been a supporting actor, but he'd made a few, you know, decent B movie type films. And then I think. But Correct he, me if I'm wrong, but was Uni, Unisol was his kind of his peak. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I think obviously you'd say like throughout the like. Well, Masters of the Universe. Masters of yeah. the Universe was a big, big deal. Yeah, you know, he even admits on on Universal Soldier. He said um, working with Van Damme, he's like. He's like, he, he'd only done one or two movies. So they were obviously emerging around the same time. And again, we talked about this in our uh, Universal Soldier podcast. But he admits, he goes, Van Damme was very, very smart. Uh, I thought he was very clever with his image and very business savvy, much more than I was. And I think that's it. Like, he admits that he maybe not have didn't manage his career as well as Van Damme did. You know, Van Damme continued to be a star up until sort of mid-90s, whereas I think... He's still a star, George. How dare you? Still a star. <laughs> Sorry, his peak, Hollywood's peak. No, but as you say, you know, Lundgren's always kept in work. You know, he's kept working in B-movies, you know, straight to video, direct to DVD. And it shows that he's obviously still very close-knit with Stallone because they've done... The, he's, he's in the Expendables films. He's in all of them. And obviously, yeah, he's brought them back for, for Creed 2. So they're, they're obviously... And he's in Anchorman, isn't he? I haven't seen Anchorman, but he's the dad, isn't he? Have you not seen Anchorman? You haven't seen Anchorman. He's, he's the dad of... Anchorman? As in... Aquaman. What's he called? Aqu- I was going to say, yeah, you know, he's, in, he's yeah, he's, he had, um, so he did Creed 2 and then he did, uh, yeah, he's did like, I say Anchorman? He did. I was like, <laughs> he's not an Anchorman. What are you on about? Aquaman. Yes, he's, he's, he's what, like some underwater uh, sea king in Aquaman and he's, and he's pretty good in it. So he's back still on the radar. a little bit. It's still on the radar, but. Um, well, the 80s is on the radar. It's like, let's have a look back at what we did earlier because we're running out of ideas really quickly he's great in this you know and he's one of the reasons that it's it's a you know he does a lot with very little he doesn't have much dialogue to work with but he's a very formidable opponent yeah i mean in all of the interviews um you've got bridget nielsen doing all the talking for him um oh yeah of course she's in um beverly hills cop 2 as well of course um, she was big for a few years. Yeah, well, when she was dating mainly Stallone. Yeah. So yeah, she's doing all the talking, and then you've got the other, the other guy, like looks like he's head of the KGB, like saying, "Yes, you know, you Americans." Um, so I think we have to talk about two things. So the crowd. Well, the crowd hates Rocky. There's been a lot, of cha- There's a lot of a lot of changing. No, no, but, but he wins the move. The thing that is the most unbelievable thing to see is the Russian crowd chanting for Rocky. I, th- I think no matter what sort of fight it was, I don't think a local crowd would turn on that quickly. Especially kind of on the backdrop of the Cold War. That's what I think is ridiculous. But the speech, Rocky basically wins ends, the Cold, ends wins the Cold the War. Cold War. Wins yeah. the Cold, well, it's because there's been a lot of changing. And yeah. <laughs> if I can change yeah. and you can change, then maybe we can all change. We can all change. I don't know. Came up. Bring down the wall. Bring down the wall. A few years later, follow quickly. No, but I mean, that's kind of ridiculous, but okay. Why not? 
Why not? Come I on, mean, it's, it's a poor it's, porn, it's you a, know. It's, it's a film of hope. It's a film of optimism. Yes, it's about death. Yes, it's about the American dream. It's about consumerism. But it's, it's ultimately about changing. Well, and, you know, if you go back to Rocky's roots in terms of the underdog against the... If they had to create this... It, it has to always be the Rocky mantra is like he's... It's it has to have a, a bigger pushover. opponent. Yeah, it's not going to be a pushover. He's the underdog. He's the underdog. And so, yeah, I think it was interesting where they went to and the sign of the time with, with everything on the back of the Cold War. But I still enjoy watching this film. I enjoy... I think, yeah, it's very much in two parts. There's the lead up to Apollo's death and then there's the training and the fight, you know, and a lot of montages. But I enjoyed it then as I would enjoy now. I'd love to go back and watch it. What you should... What I should say about this film is one of the reasons I've watched it so much is this is the only one that they seem to put on TV. Yeah. Like, as we were growing up in the 80s, 90s and early noughties, the only film that, you know was put on television was Rocky Four. It was on a lot, but you never got the other ones. Rocky. You get Rocky and Rocky. Well, that's my excuse for watching the first one and the fourth one. Well, yeah, the, the fifth one is terrible. I think that's, that's everyone generally, uh, you know, agrees on that. It's, it's interesting that uh, there's a, a quote saying about like, you know, a lot of boxers see it as, you know, if, if, whilst they realise it's it's quite cheesy, it apparently has huge following in the boxing world. And it's, you know, imagine it's it's been quite influential for a lot of people getting into boxing in the in the 80s and 90s. Well, all the training montages and the way that they show that they need to work different things. And I think it's in, um, he does, he gets, it gets technical in places, uh, you know, with his old trainers and stuff. And it's like, you, you look the part, but you need to be able to do this. And well, I think one of the things I like the most when I think you and I went to see Rocky Balboa together. Yeah. That wasn't Rambo or maybe it was, uh, but it was the way they said, you're going to have to work on your knees at your age. They were saying, you know, yeah. Rocky Balboa, uh, you need to work on your knees because they're going to go first. You you can't move that much. So it does get technical. So I could see why boxers, you know, are drawn to it. If you've got enough of the films, there's what, there's five original Rocky films and then it's Rocky Balboa. There's nothing in between Rocky five. No, and, there's not. No, no there's not. Then, the there's, ne- then there's Creed. Then there's the, Creed two. The, the next Rocky. And I think that's it. Rocky Balboa does bring it back to its its roots, the original roots of of the original Rocky, and Creed again does it like affect. And Rocky Balboa is a good sort of comment on yeah aging, um, and how he's yeah things that are, you know have have changed even more. But yeah, Creed is a great example of that sequel sequel reboot type thing it's passing very, on the passing on the torch but yeah, he's very, had a lot to do with that so yeah fair and play. and and it's one of his best performances you know as as even short uh, arnie says you know he was robbed of the oscar uh, and it's, it's a brilliant performance in creed yeah and it shows his shows his range and it shows he can do it as, as we've said before on this podcast we have a lot of love and respect for stallone he's just very po-faced and he sticks to to what he's comfortable doing the type of roles he doesn't want to i don't think he wants to play a pussy i think he wants to always be a hard guy and i think times when he has seemed vulnerable they've been his best performances so it's kind of it's kind of ironic but you know we respect him we always talk about copland and we'll get to that eventually the stars that are in that but he's he's almost steals the show he's he's one of the most surprising things in what you could say is a Copland's a great film, but there's a lot of other films very similar to it, but he really stands out in that. So, yeah. Against and some yeah. very good actors. 
Yeah, yes. I mean, uh, no, I look, I, look, I look forward to covering that. But let's talk about these two franchises of uh, Stallone. So he's gone back and he's given them a lot of love over the years, you know. Um, both Rambo and Rocky were revisited early noughties and he's gone back. Um, when was our last was, Rambo uh, film? Last Rambo, uh, Last Blood was about, well, around the same time as Creed yeah. 2. I think it was maybe, it was like 2019, I think it was. Yeah, and that that that... I don't know. There's, I, I think, well, we I covered it in a, in a, we, well, sorry, I covered it in a recent ramble and I think I had a lot of our issues with it. Um, but there was a lot of fun. There was, a, yeah. there was a lot to be, there's a lot of enjoyment. Um, just like with, uh, there's a lot that could have been cut out and you wouldn't, you wouldn't miss it. But, uh, no, this, this film, some people refer to it as a guilty pleasure. This was my gateway. This is my gateway to Stalin. This is, this was the first Rocky film I watched and it made me want to go and check out the first one. And, and I still want to check out the other one. So I think for that reason, it works. Yeah. I mean, no, for me, it's like, I think the reason that we always went back to it is, it is the most entertaining. It's most, it's most easy to watch. It's crowd pleasing. It's got, it's, it's brisk. It's got all the music. It's got everything. It is basically like a greatest hits compilation considering the amount of montages and flashbacks, but that's no bad thing. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Got an interesting, uh, a little bit of a different spin on coulda, woulda, shoulda. Okay, so coulda, woulda, shoulda is normally where uh, George has found out actors who are considered for the role or directors or major changes that could have happened to change the films that we cover. But what are you doing this time, bro? I say there was a massive casting call for Drago. There's, there wasn't actually any real names bandied about that I could find anyway. Just um, mainly Zan Grief and a bear. Yeah, a, a shaved bear. Um, a monkey in a human suit. Apparently in a different spin on Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. So uh, Stallone has um, admitted that one of his biggest regrets of the film was killing off uh, Apollo as obviously as the motivation to, to train and defeat Drago. But he said in recent years, if you make the movie over again, he would have let Apollo live, uh, but he would have been confined, that old 80s trope of being confined to a wheelchair and would have allowed him to be a more subdued, introspective character. So obviously that would have changed the whole the legacy of all the other Rocky films if, if Apollo had died, because obviously it would have massively affected Creed if if Apollo had still been around. Not only that, he could once again inhabit Eric Dukes. You know, like he could be still, if he was in the wheelchair, just like in Kickboxer, he could still use his, um, he could and, still use his, his guns. And and by now, he'd probably be in some sort of mech suit, you know, a bit like um, <laughs> um, Don Cheadle in Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Um, do it if, if only it happened but I think we should close on talking about what do we want to see or expect to see in the the new cut so obviously we know that the robot's been cut and yes we haven't seen the director's cut yet but uh, what, what you've what read you, about it I've, I've read about it but what do you think what would you like to see or what would you expect to see in it well, I think I have to combine the two in terms of what I've read. I've heard there's more character development between Carl Weathers. So he, if that equals more Carl Weathers, sold, uh, definitely, in every respect. I, one thing I thought of, I'm sure he probably hasn't done this, but something that when we covered Highlander and you found out how little they'd been able to record with Sean Connery and how well they use it in the, the last scene of that film, he has 
kind of a flashback or a voice in his head and they reuse Sean. So Sean, even though he's not in the second half of the film. And I think something like that would have been great. You know, like, I just think... Sort of like he used the force stallion. Something like that that ended in stallion. No, but in all seriousness, like there's... We've talked about how the great performance that Carl Weathers puts in as kind of his, you know... He's, He's been in the first four films and how great he is. But just there's a few lines that really hit you in terms of the the gravitas. And why not do a use the force thing or or the, at the end, this film is full of montages and flashbacks. But do you know what I mean? Could he not just like look up and then see, you know, like a glowing version of, of Carl Weathers? No, no, they, they, they had to save that for Happy Gilmore. I got my hand back, see? We've Which only is- just begun. Carl Weathers in Happy Gilmore. If you haven't seen it, it's probably one of the highlights of his career. Saying that, we still are yet to see at the time of recording action Jackson. Jackson. No, but that's it. Like, Carl Weathers deserves a much bigger career. I don't know what happened to him in the 90s. You know, apart from obviously he cropped up in in, in Happy Gilmore, that was mid 90s. And now it's great to see him back in The Mandalorian, as we've talked about. You know, he's, um, and he's, 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 directing episodes of Mandalorian so it's great that he's 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 back and he's doing big things but yeah it makes me after seeing this again it's like why didn't he do more why haven't we watched Action Jackson is what you we need, we, need, we, we need to sort it out we're gonna love it so no uh, in terms of what else so I think that uh, I, th- I don't know I think there's that we put we talked about it in covering this there's, there's the like what he's probably going to add to it. So he's probably going to change some sound effects and all this and that. But I don't know. I, th- I think there is something to be said about the first half of this film and whether or not there's. We don't know what footage is missing, do we? So we know that there's some. I think he's changing the 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 the, the Superman two thing. Looking back on the film, has gone. Yes. Or is appearing later, and something else is coming at the start. The robot's gone. Um, but, but the you know, robot's in, in it I, a lot at the start. So you're going to have to. There's going to be a lot of other stuff filling it in place. Then. No, but as I said, like. What the hell's Paulie going to be like? What name a scene in Rocky Four with Paulie, which doesn't involve a punchline or something with the robots? Only the yeah. stuff in Russia. But um, no, there's even a bit with I was thinking about this watching this film where um, Apollo turns the camera. Like, what the hell is that? He checks out the robot, so yeah. that's gone as well. Um, and that's at the very end. I think that's comic relief at the end of him explaining to Adrian and Rocky while he has to fight him. So. What would you like to see? Um, yes, I, I think. Um, It'll be interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure when I'll get around to seeing it. I'm not going to be in a hurry. I mean, we've just watched it again and we've watched the classic version. What about you? Are you going to rush out to watch this just, just as a perfect a completist or will you wait till uh, it goes on streaming? Yeah, I'll probably wait for it to go on streaming. As I say, I'm more interested after watching Rocky Four again. I want to now watch Rock, uh, Creed 2 because obviously that picks up Drago's story again. So Me yeah, too. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, in watching that, but I, I'm sure I will watch uh, the, the new director's cut. But yeah, I've read one review. I mean... Uh, it was from The Guardian, and I've already talked about taking their film reviews of The Pinch of Salt, but it said it's it's a, it's an inferior attempt to, like, you know, it's almost like it should have left it as it is. They, you know, by trying to make it more serious and more character-driven, it just doesn't work, in a way. Like by taking, this is Creed 2. No, no, talking about the new, the Rocky versus Drago cut. But I think, as we've said many times in this podcast, as much as we love Stallone, I think he does take himself a little bit too seriously, which you can't say about Arnie and you can't say about JCVD um, or even Bruce Willis. You know, he seems very still. So you can say it about Seagal. 
<laughs> he definitely takes himself too seriously, way more seriously than Stallone. No, I think Stallone understands the need for a joke, and it's no it's no coincidence that we've covered his films. Like we've had a lot of fun, and he's done a lot of good films. We did Cliffhanger earlier this year. We did uh, Demolition Man the year before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's and there's plenty more of Stallone to come. Exactly, and no, I think you know. Final uh, thoughts for me. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a defining film of the 80s for, for good and bad. You know, it does. It's like I say, it's like Top Gun in terms of that. And as you say, that MTV effect of the music, the montages, everything. So being perfectly combined, it just screams the 80s. And, you know, for nostalgia, whatever you call it, it's it, it, it is it is a comfort movie. You know, I can see why so many people do love it. Yeah, and uh, not a guilty pleasure, basically, just a pleasure that I don't feel any guilt at all. About. Oh no! But uh, it's um, yeah. So no, it's, it was it was fun to go back and watch it. It's just it's one of the classics, and so yeah. I mean, I guess it was fitting. Come came out on November twenty second, nineteen eighty five. So I don't know when you are watch listening to this, but uh, let's hope it's not on that date because you should be watching the re released cut. Um, okay, well, yeah. Uh, anything else we need to mention before we sign off, George? So, yes, we have some big, exciting news. Uh, finally, after talking about it for what feels like at least a year, we are in a position to announce we have launched our Patreon page. So, what does that mean for you, dear listeners? Well, um, we will still be retro-rambling on a monthly basis as per usual, so no change to our usual schedule. However, if you choose to support us on our Patreon page, you will get a bonus episode every month. Uh, We'll also have a community page on there, so it's a great chance to uh, get in touch with us, have a chat with like-minded film fans and help influence uh, what we actually choose to cover in these bonus episodes isn't that right charlie indeed patreon's all about supporting us the creators and as i'm sure you can probably tell george and i do put a lot of effort uh, behind the scenes into planning preparing editing and post-production on these episodes so we really do appreciate this sort of support that we're going to be getting from you wonderful patrons and for you it means all of this amazing backstage access uh, extra features bonus episodes anything new anything extra you've heard us talk about in the last year or two that we're threatening to do this is going to be the place where you'll be able to access it so in terms of the types of bonus episodes you'll be getting it'll be a chance for us to explore uh, outside the confines of the usual retro ramble so there is going to be uh, our recent ramble um, which is you know the the very best of what's out at the cinema and on streaming something we've been testing out the last few years so you will have already been enjoying them if you listen to the usual monthly episodes um and that could even expand out to what games that charlie's playing books we're reading uh, funny parody videos related to the movies we cover or the latest industry gossip because george is such a hollywood hound there's also uh, Revelations. They're, they're the classic films that somehow uh, we missed first time around. Uh, and there'll be things like top tens, uh, retrospectives, where we can focus on top stunts, soundtracks, um, our favourite directors. Favourite mullets. Comedy compilations, things like that. But as I say, if you choose to become a patron, you can help pick what those episodes are. 
Uh, Charlie, have I missed anything out? No, I don't think there's anything else to say. I think uh, after nearly five years, I think we just want to say thank you to all the support we've already received from our dear listeners who uh, download our episodes every month and have done over the last few years. This is really about us wanting to do more uh, and what's required for us really to be able to do more to make sure that you value all the additional stuff. And I suppose we should tell them what they're getting in the first bonus episode. The launch episode uh, for this month is our recent ramble on James Bond, No Time to Die. So it's quite a lengthy episode. Uh, it's, it's about an hour long of Charlie and I uh, sharing our thoughts on the film. For those of you who have yet to see it, um, there are quite a lot of spoilers in that episode, but we do manage to talk for at least 25 minutes uh, without touching on any key spoilers. There is a spoiler alarm, a spoiler alert uh, to make you aware, and I think it's at least half the episode is non-spoiler. But that's our first launch episode. But yeah, go on the page and, and have a look uh, for yourself. Um, so that's uh, patreon.com forward slash retro ramble. Okay, great. Well, um, thanks for that, George. That's been fun. Uh, I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George McGee. Thank you for listening. And as we always say, if you enjoy this podcast, please share with like-minded people. Recommend it to a friend. And if you work anywhere near a personal address system, you know what to do. Okay. Um, thank you very much. We've been Retro Ramble, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.